Buying or selling a home can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Heritage Realty makes buying and selling easy. With Heritage Realty, you get local market expertise, one-on-one service, and the support of a network of agents across the area. Heritage Realty cares about the details and goes above and beyond to deliver the service you need. Knowledge is power. Trust Heritage Realty to buy or sell your home. For the newest listings and detailed market reports, visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com. Heritage Realty, where today's technology meets traditional customer service. No one covers more sports than these guys, mostly because they don't have a life. It's Tyler and Will on 99.1, the sports animal. Yeah, Rick Barnes' his staff right now getting on to the players, sharing a mild warm-up here at Tennessee Men's Basketball Media Days. We're inside Thompson Bowling Arena, and we say thank you to you for joining us here on Tyler and Will. 99.1, the sports animal. We've mentioned it before, and we'll add to it now. 26 days until Tennessee basketball officially begins, heading up to East Lansing, the Breslin Center. Barnes and Izzo getting together. That's going to be fundraising for the Maui Invitational. We'll give you more details on how that's been moved around. I know there were some concerns at one point in time that the tournament would have to be moved off the island of Hawaii, a small shift between Maui and Honolulu. We'll talk with Rick Barnes coming up before 7 o'clock tonight. Find out how the offseason's been, the additions via the transfer portal, and what it means for us to officially reach the month of October and basketball being back on the calendar here on Rocky Top. As we do, 3.30 each and every Tuesday. Let's turn things over. New Balance Knox will bring you Dr. Jerry Punch here on Tyler and Will. And, Doc, we'll get right to Tennessee football. Tennessee's 4-1 and one heading into their open date. Your overall thoughts about some of the intensity? Look, some people said that that was a flawed South Carolina team. I saw a Tennessee team that didn't let up for four quarters of football. And coincidentally, you talked defense a little bit last week, and it was Tim Banks' at unit that ended up showing off last week in that three-touchdown victory in Knoxville. Yeah, I totally agree, I, uh, Tyler. I, I, think, I think that uh, Tennessee was impressive on both sides of the ball, I, obviously. Uh, we talked about how the defense had been maligned and wasn't tackling well against Florida. They were going to face another another SEC opponent. Now, granted, South Carolina's offensive line is their weak point, and everyone was talking about how weak the offensive front was. But take nothing away from Tennessee. Aggressive play, energy the entire game, great tackling. Um, Lily Martinez, secondary, did a great job of blanketing uh, the receiver. Spencer Rattler, if you give him a couple inches, he'll try to find a way to put the ball in there. Uh, think yeah. what you want to about him, but he is one heck of a quarterback, and he's mobility. Time and again, he was being rushed, being pursued, being pressured, uh, and found a way to get some yards, find a way to get the ball downfield. But the coverage was so good in the secondary. So give Tennessee, you know, we we uh, we blasted them a little bit with the lack of intensity and effort, uh, as did many after Florida. I think they made up for it with, with all the emotion at home against South Carolina and offensively. You know, uh, the Cooper Mays return, I'm not sure how much of an impact that was. Obviously, it's some because leadership's important, especially in the center position in the offensive line where you make all the blocking calls. Uh, when they adjust the front defensively, he has to make the call on protection. I thought uh, Tennessee looked good on both sides of the ball, and the results on the scoreboard showed it. And not only that, but to me, Doc, it seemed like that there were two key storylines that we often hear about either on the phone lines or via text, message boards. The importance of Cooper Mays and how this offense, how it would look once he returned, and the offense at times, it looked like that it was getting back to the turbo mode that Kirk Herbstreet referenced in the Florida game. Hustle, go, go, click. And not only that, but Kamal Haddon had been catching a little bit of venom from this Tennessee fan base. He has the pick six that essentially makes South Carolina start panicking. 
I'm not big Disney fairy tale ending guy, but if there were a lot of positives that came heading into your open date, Kamal hadn't had a positive impact. Cooper Mays has a positive impact. You're four and one. Obviously, you want that Florida game back, but things seem to be at least in my vantage point in many of the Tennessee fan base clicking in the right direction with A&M coming up in the next 11 days. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the AP voters didn't 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 show a lot of respect. I mean, right. Tennessee wins a game and drops one spot. So so. Uh, but but in fairness to them, you know, Kentucky's unbeaten, so is Missouri is unbeat. Both those teams run. But Kentucky plays at Georgia this week, and Missouri plays LSU at home. So it's all going to work out. Uh, and if you're a voter, you're thinking, okay, Tennessee gets manhandled physically by Florida at home, a same team that had been manhandled by Utah. And then Florida goes to Kentucky and just gets pushed around on both sides of the ball. So they're not going to respect Tennessee so much until Tennessee earns that respect. So I think it, that will come because Tennessee's going to have a chance to play Kentucky and Missouri and others. So uh, you know it's uh, you know if you're if you're Josh Heupel, you don't worry about polls. But I'm sure those kids and uh, that walk to and from class in the locker room are going to realize that hey, we we won a game, a home conference game, and we dropped a spot in the polls. So uh, we still haven't impressed a lot of people yet with with or, or assured a lot of people that we know what we're doing on both sides of the ball. You know, before we continue with Tennessee, Doc, I want to hit you with something here instantly and put you on the spot. It's a question for later in the show, but I shared it with our producer, Riley. Which one of these three teams do you think has the most that they have to show this weekend in SEC play? I think this is a perfect time to ask you this. Is it Old Miss after a huge win against LSU, Arkansas, in their matchup? Is it Georgia having to take on an undefeated Kentucky team? Or is it LSU who you can't cry over spilt milk because you've got an undefeated Eli Drinkwitz teams? Maybe on paper it doesn't seem like it's a good matchup, but they're not apologizing for being undefeated heading into six weeks of SEC play. No, and and you know it, that's you know it's interesting. You you can make a case for any of those. Obviously, right? Uh, big win for big win for for Ole Miss uh, and uh, Lane Kiffin. Uh, that was important on the anniversary of his firing on the tarmac ten years ago. Uh, really important, emotional for him. If they come out and play like that, LSU cannot afford another loss. Obviously, very frustrating performance for them. Uh, they've got it. They've got to get it done. You're playing at Missouri, and Missouri, remember, has that big win against Kansas State, which is a good football mm-hmm. team at home. So, uh, and, and of course, Georgia, Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky is going to line up with what they call the blue wall and see if they can be physical against Georgia. And they look. If you're Kentucky, you look at what South Carolina did down there. Knowing South Carolina isn't as physically talented as Kentucky is, or for that matter, Tennessee. And yet South Carolina gave Georgia all they wanted for three quarters down there. So, you know, and I'm going to add another one to that mix. What about Texas A&M hosting Alabama this week? Uh, You think about that. Here's two teams that need to develop an identity. A&M playing now with a a lost their starting quarterback with a backup quarterback. Came in and played really well last week. Alabama going uh, to College Station where it's tough to play. And, oh, by the way, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, you know, that's that's a pretty uh, pretty dicey matchup. So that's going to be interesting. We've got to find out a lot about some of these teams that, that have been good and are they really uh, – can they really get it done on the road? Dr. Jerry Punch being brought to you by New Balance Knoxville. Joining us as we continue from Tennessee Men's Basketball Media Days here at Thompson Bowling Arena, the outpouring of support – the prayers and the love for Brew McCoy. You never want to see somebody leave the field the way that he did. Uh, I will tell you, it, the, the goosebumps that occurred on my arm when you hear the Brew and he's on the back of a backboard and the Gators taking him out of the stadium. I, I actually found it 
I had to do a little bit of research, but Jerry, he's got a COVID year, so there's a potential that he could return next year, depending on where his NFL kind of prospect is. Your overall thoughts on Brew McCoy, and and now all of a sudden this wide receiver room's got to find a new leader here to help Joe Milton in this offense. Yeah, they do, but let's focus on Brew here first. You know, I think that, Please. you know, if you hear every, everybody you talk to, you know, Josh Heupel tells you, He's such a great kid. He's got a great attitude, got a great work ethic, and you hate it for anybody, but especially a kid like this. But the fact that he has such a strong work ethic and he's so committed and he knows exactly what he wants and his role uh, and, and where he wants to be and what he wants to do at Tennessee, uh, I, I don't doubt he will, he will work his tail off to get back. Now, a, a fracture dislocation of an ankle, depending upon uh, – no one knows how bad it was except for the surgeon – that was in the operating room. They can tell you where the bone fragments were, how much the fracture was, uh, what had to be done to repair it. You're looking at probably 12 weeks to heal, and you're looking at maybe three three or four months uh, rehab and then range of motion, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be a while getting back, but I have no doubt he'll get back and come back. And uh, and if, if I'm him, and if you're people representing him, you want him to get back on the field uh, at Tennessee and ease the doubters and put the doubts aside uh, and show that he's back. He can do what he can do, and I gotta believe as as much of a as this kid is committed to being a Tennessee Vol. That's exactly gotta be number one in his in his mindset right now. Dr. Terry, Jerry Punch each and every Tuesday with us here on Tyler and Will. We shift the focus on the other side from Tennessee football to how things played out. Look, last week we we had an idea that Alabama things were going to get a little hairy there at Talladega. And now as we see the closing ensemble coming up for the NASCAR playoff, how do things look and how does Dr. Jerry Punch view how the final stretch will come when it comes to who brings home a championship? He'll tell us next. Tyler and Will Afternoons on the flagship station. Tennessee football and Tennessee basketball can be heard right here on 99.1 The Sports. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. When you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hit us up on the text line at 865-656-9900. Now back to Tyler and Will on 99.1, the sports animal. As we continue to look on. Tennessee men's basketball media days here from the summit here at Thompson Bowling Arena. That's at Food City Center. Tyler Ivins, Tyler and Will returning tomorrow. Will hope, hopefully is feeling better between now and then. I, he, my, my co-host always gets on to me whenever I share some of the things that are happening, but hopefully he is recovering. We'll just say that. As I know, uh, when we get older, sometimes we need a little extra oil in our body. We'll just say that as we continue here in New Balance Knoxville, uh, bringing us Dr. Jerry Punch. Doc, I'm sitting and I'm watching the race over the weekend at Talladega. 
And a buddy of mine turns to me, and he had to remind me. He goes, you know, Kevin hasn't won yet. This is last year. He still hasn't won a race. And I said, well, no, 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 no. Kevin Harvick's. Wait a second. Kevin Harvick hasn't won a race this year, and it's coming out. Is it going to be Ryan Blaney? Is it going to be Kevin Harvick? Is it going to be Ryan Blaney? Blaney ends up squeaking it out there at Talladega just by mere hairs. I'm talking seconds. But then we find out about the disqualification. I'm not trying to say first place, second place, gold medal, silver medal. But, man, how tough would that have been had Kevin Harvick pick up a win in his final race, or I should say one of his final races, only to find out he's going to be disqualified after what happened. Can you walk us through that kind of finish and kind of how it played out there at Talladega? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things where Harvick really wanted to win, and uh, it was important for him, you know, obviously as he's walking away here in a few more races. Right. Uh, What's been a fabulous career. But as Roger Penske said, if it wasn't for Kevin Harvick helping Ryan Blaney in a lot of ways and helping some of the other forwards, they probably would have gotten beat. And so so, uh, Roger Penske pointed that out when he patted Kevin Harvick on the back nine. Post-race inspection, it was determined that some of the windshield bolts that hold the windshield tight uh, it's a Lexan windshield uh, that are and they have a glue-like Loctite kind of substance in the Lexan in the bolt to hold it in place. Uh, we're missing, um, according to the crew chief for Kevin Harvick. He said we have an onboard camera. We can show you onboard that you know with 30, 40 laps to go, they're all in place. And then with a few laps to go, a couple were missing. And then by the time the race was over, because of the drafting and all the vibration in the windshield, a few more were missing. Uh, you know, we didn't pull them out. Uh, they vibrated out, uh, but NASCAR disqualified him and saying those bolts were missing, and they put him at the rear of the field, which is sad. I, rules are rules. I understand that, but um, you know, I don't know how you gauge how many are going to come out and when they're going to come out or anything, because you can watch the pit stops. No one's reaching up there and loosening up anything. Right. Uh, and they come out on their own, and they, you know, the crew chief. Uh, for Kevin Harvick, I have utmost respect for. He says, hey, we can show you from video outside the car and inside the car when they came out with a few laps to go. And it didn't, and it's not like we didn't run well all afternoon with the bolts in. It wasn't anything where we got an advantage. When you look at the remainder of the schedule, I know so many people, they tune in to hear from you on Tuesdays because of your outlook. It's not really predictions, but it's just more of you see it from such a higher view. You look at it from some people who are just race to race. You see it from a two, 300-foot kind of optical. How does this end up playing out, and, and what are some of those key storylines to watch out for as we hit this home stretch? Well, the Roval this weekend, that's the yep. uh, combination road course oval at Charlotte, and you got after this weekend, four drivers are going to be eliminated right now below the cut line are Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is 26 points back. He's going to have to have a walk off victory to be able to move on in the round of eight. Uh, he's good on road courses, uh, but the guys that have won the Roval in the past, uh, you know, Blaney has won it, you know, uh, Chase Elliott has won it twice, Kyle Larson has won it, and last year, uh, Christopher Bell. And Bell, is, and Bell and Larson are both in that top eight. Uh, Brad Keselowski is trying to hang on. He's right now eight, just plus two points above the cut line. So the Roval is another one of those wild card races because you can be coming down, running third, fourth, fifth on the last lap, and suddenly someone spins. You're trying to get through the dog leg or through the kink there, and suddenly uh, you get hit and you finish 22nd. So um, hard to say. Once we get past the Roval, they'll have eight cars uh, trying to run the final three, and then and then the, the top four going for the championship at Phoenix. Uh, William Byron's good, uh, Blaney, but they're both Blaney and Byron are already in. Hamlin, a factor. Christopher Bell, I think. I think Christopher Bell and and Chris Buescher, uh Brad Keselowski, and Kyle uh, Kyle Busch 
are going to be real aggressive. Bush has nothing to lose. Go after it. Go get it. When you turn Kyle Bush loose, uh, you know he got one shot to make it into, into the Final Four. Uh, hey, remember, this is his first year with Richard Childress racing. Look how far mm-hmm. he's come. Holy cow. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun watch. Uh, but there's so much you can't control of your own destiny at places like Talladega and Charlotte on the road course. Uh, Doc, before I had a chance to come back home here to Knoxville and be able to do radio here in my hometown in Knoxville, I was doing things in the Big 12 with Iowa State, in the Big 10 with Iowa. So I have some friends. I feel like my second family lives there in the corn state of Iowa. The excitement level they're getting to hear that a first-ever cup race is coming home to Iowa and some of the, I guess, unique things that are going to be happening with the 2024 schedule. Your overall thoughts now, what we're starting to get a little bit of a sneak peek of what's ahead. Yeah, they haven't really announced it. Probably won't do it tomorrow. Uh, But uh, we do know that NASCAR's Cup Series, for the first time ever, is going to Newton, Iowa. Uh, track that was designed by Rusty Wallace, uh, sort of a five-eighths mile, very very similar to Richmond, uh, made for competition. They've run the, the trucks there, the Xfinity Series. IndyCar runs on a regular basis, bunch of doubleheaders. But now the Cup cars are going to go there. Why? Because the uh, the Auto Club Speedway in California is being redesigned, basically being bulldozed and reduced to a short track. It's not available. They were thinking about going to Iowa or going to Montreal on the road course, but Iowa won out. So it's going to be fun to see the cars there in the summer at Iowa. And also, by the way, NASCAR in 2024 at Indianapolis going away from the road course and going back to the Oval, the two-and-a-half-mile Oval. It will be the 30th anniversary of the inaugural Brickyard 401 by Jeff Gordon. So uh, we know that's going to happen. Uh, the the All-Star Race will be back in North Wilkesboro. Uh, Bristol is um, – as they have mentioned, they're going to probably go go back to two races on the concrete, which is great to have the Food City 500 back in the spring uh, on the concrete. Nothing wrong with the dirt, but they're going back to the races that we all grew up loving at Bristol. So a lot of announcements yet to come, but those are pretty exciting. Going to Iowa for the first time, uh, fans of the media, I've, done, I've been at that track several times. I love the racing there. Rusty did such a great job designing it. And going back, you know, to Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, on the on the Oval. So that should be fun. You know, Doc, today when I knew we were doing our show from here, we're in Section 104 in one of the suites looking over Rick Barnes right now. He is managing his practice. I knew I was going to be doing quite a bit of walking up and down the rows, around the floors here into the upper decks. My X-90s, Sharon and Melissa, look, I, I – you have worn them longer than I have, Doc. The different pairs of shoes from New Balance Knoxville. There was no chance I was going to put in as many steps as I was today and not have some uh, have my New Balance Knoxville shoes on here at Food City Center. Yeah, absolutely, great, great place to have them. Lots of lots of walking you can do during the commercial breaks. Uh, John Wilkerson lost a whole human being walking during commercial breaks yes, a couple did. of years ago on his weight loss program. Did a great job. Uh, made him healthy. I mean, just so many things happened with him because he was driving. He was wearing his New Balance. Uh, uh, New Balances from New Balance of Knoxville, and that helped him in so many ways. So I love it. I, I wear them every day. I've worn them for years at racetracks on the sideline of college football games, um, and uh, and absolutely, uh, and and I'm excited to wear them again. And I'll be wearing them to a lot of home games, watching Rick Barnes' uh, uh, ball basketball team uh, get after it here in 2023. I think it's kind of safe to say, and we'll leave you on this one, Doc. Again, it seems like Rick Barnes has taken his team to so many different locations just to prepare them for the the kind of grueling schedule they put together. To hear that he and Tom Izzo are getting together to do this fundraiser for Hawaii on October the 29th, pretty, pretty special. And I know nobody's surprised about Rick Barnes wanting to put this together to help the state of Hawaii. 
two, two legends and two future Hall of Famers that understand and, and have, are respected by everyone in college basketball, uh, doing what's right for the people on Maui. And you would expect nothing less of people like Tom Izzo, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. I've interviewed him many times over the years. And, of course, Rick Barnes, who is uh, the epitome of class. Dr. Jerry Punch taking a few minutes out. He is one of the most busiest people that I've ever met. But he's never, ever not found time to extend a handshake and always join the program. Doc, very much appreciated each and every Tuesday. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your work week. We'll chat next. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Thank you, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you. Dr. Jerry Punch, Tuesdays, New Balance Knoxville, as he just said it there. Sharon and Melissa, if you have not seen the Kingston Pike store, performance, comfort, it's all waiting for you with their 3D foot test. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.